This episode of Inside Running is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. You can shop Lululemon's latest Road to Trail Run collection in stores and online at lululemon.com.au. Thanks for being here. You ready, Moose? Let's do it. Welcome to episode number 296 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a massive, massive show to get through this week. Just looking at this agenda, Gold Coast Marathon obviously happened. Moose on the loose looks very detailed and heavy. Luzanne Diamond League happened. Cam Myers breaks another Australian record. And we've got some special guests who are going to be joining us. If you're tuning in on iTunes or Spotify or Patreon, we are recording this live in front of about 350 people. So if we sound a bit nervous, it could be because we are. Welcome to my co-host, the 2004, two, no, the 214 Marathon Man, the only man who represented Australia at the 2018 World Championships, the big dog of the Surf Coast Track Club, Run Strong Coaching, the running company Geelong. Julian Spence, welcome to you to episode number 296. Thank you, mate. Very different outlook than uh, the normal Monday night when we're sitting on our couches or you have your little den. Uh, mm. But I'm normally on a couch looking up at the uh, dog creating havoc. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's very different. I don't think we look this good on a Monday night either. I'm often in my pyjamas, hair is not done. You definitely don't look as good as you're looking tonight as well. So... Uh, and we often, we record without our screens turned on. So every single episode we've done, we never get to see each other in person. Whereas it's a bit harder to give people shit when they're sitting right next to you. So um, we'll see how that goes tonight. But we do have to address the elephant in the room, I suppose, that we're missing our co-host, Bradley Croker. He had two flights cancelled. So his first flight was cancelled on Friday and then it got moved to yesterday. And then his yesterday's flight got cancelled as well. So unfortunately, Croaks couldn't be here. You would have heard him talk about his heart stuff last episode. Um, and I think there was a lot of listeners probably concerned that he was still going to, to pace the, the half marathon. It's his kind of like Olympics every year, pacing the women at the Gold Coast. So um, I think personally it was probably a blessing in disguise that he couldn't make it here to pace. He was shattered though that he couldn't do the live show as well. So we're thinking about Croaks. We're going to miss him tonight. We do have a replacement who is going to fill the third seat, but um, Moose, you're okay that Croaks isn't here? I feel weird. Yeah, I mean, he had made a decision that he wasn't going to run mm. even before his uh, flights were cancelled, so that was good. He, he sort of come to terms with the, the heart situation, and it's a difficult one for me too because I run with his cardiologist, yeah. and, and so he, uh, he, he's obviously very professional about it, but he... He, he tells me, generally speaking, if someone has this condition, what, is, what are the risks? And um, he, yeah, he, he, I think he's not on Strava. 
Um, and I sort of mentioned that Croaks may have had a big session on the Saturday after the <laughs> after the all the testing, and um, he went quiet in the on the group run and started thinking in the back of the the mind and goes, oh, maybe I'll give him a call later today. <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, so it is a bit of a tough situation for Croaks running in runnings is. His world, obviously his family's there, but running's been there since um, a lot earlier than his family and he, he lives for it and uh, he's going to have to do a lot less of it. Mm. And, and it's, a, it's a hard pill to swallow for, for him. He has prepared all the notes for us tonight though, so he's done an amazing job and although he's not here in person, he's here in writing. But our co-host for the night, or this afternoon, is a very, very big name in Australian distance running. She is a very big friend of the show. You would have heard her on a number of episodes, a couple of side projects along the way. She's the 2022 Commonwealth Games gold medalist, the 2018 and 2014 Commonwealth Games bronze medalist, a two-time Olympian. She was second at the Gold Coast Marathon here in 2018. She's got a PB of two hours and 25 minutes. Could we please make some noise for Jess Stenson? Hello, Jess, and thank Hello. you for doing this. <laughs> no, it's exciting to be here. I'm sad that Croaks can't be here, but no, thank you for inviting me on. A quick message to you yesterday left me on uns or left me on unseen for about two hours, panicking big time that you might not have been able to do this. But <laughs> thank you for replying and thank you for being here. We've got some questions, but you're going to help us. We'll do a little mini interview before we kick off with the the rest of the kind of show. But um, no racing for you because obviously you're pregnant. Pregnant, and how's yeah prep for baby two coming along? Yeah, it's good. So I'm 28 weeks now, so into the third trimester. I um, felt the baby kicking as you boys walked on stage, actually. So <laughs> sign that she's enjoying the show already. Um, I did do a little um, jog of the 10K this morning. Just, um, yeah, I was keen to get out and experience the atmosphere. I did the same with Billy in 2019 and Elsie Wellings was pregnant right, at the time. Yeah. So I always love this event. And yeah, so far things are tracking well. I mean, um, when you're pregnant, you just don't know what you're going to get every day. Some days you have a, a stitch and you can't run a step. And um, yeah, I'm doing a little bit of cross training and just trying to stay generally fit and strong, ready for delivery. Because you're so competitive and like you've had so much success on the Gold Coast with the Com Games and the actual Gold Coast Marathon event, is it a weird like headspace and trip for you to be here not in a racing capacity like I know you're here with Lululemon and you took a shake out and you've been doing different presentations over the yeah. weekend but yeah what's it like do you get like jealous that people are out there racing and I definitely have a lot of memories when I come here because um, I've I think this was my 10th um, Gold Coast Marathon event I haven't done the same um, distance every time but and also the Commonwealth Games were here in 2018 so I have a lot of flashbacks but it was really nice not feeling nervous this weekend but definitely like seeing the girls out there in the half on Saturday it was a yeah, pretty inspiring day and I just thought wow I'm, I feel so far from being able to run at that pace um, hopefully I'll get back there one day but it, it is a bit of a reality check when you see the times that are being run at the moment <laughs> yeah well we'll get to that as well because I think Moose and I have a slab on you making the Olympic team <laughs> so with the you'll know better than us because I was we throw around slabs like they're going out of fashion kind of thing but <laughs> give us a bit of a timeline when is due date when is potential next marathon and when would I don't know if it's been released yet the closing time which you'd have to hit the time before for Paris 
Yeah, I'm not exactly sure of the dates either. I imagine it would be about end of May. And they probably yeah. will announce the team mid-June-ish because that's about when the World Champs yep. was announced, which is the marathon in Paris is early August. So, yeah, basically um, this baby's due in mid-September, so it would give me about seven months to prepare. Plenty of time six, six, seven. Depends. If I could find a marathon in May. <laughs> um, that's the thing, though. Like, one, I don't know if I'll be able to get back into yeah. training. I'll be relying a lot on cross-training, and fortunately I'm pretty comfortable with that sort of prep now, having had a few injuries. And I wouldn't want to travel too far with a newborn, so a Japanese mm. race would be preferable. And, uh, th yeah, there are so many variables. <laughs> I also want to be able to in, enjoy that, you know, newborn phase without the pressure of preparing for a marathon. So I really do just want to see how things are progressing, whether I feel like getting out and training and, uh, yeah, I'll be very open-minded yeah. <laughs> about that whole You've phase. done it before, though. We know you've come back really strongly, stronger than maybe anyone else who has sort of had a, a baby running. Um, well, I don't know, this. Ellie. <laughs> Ellie's uh, well, She ran 229, you ran faster than her. Keeping in, uh, <laughs> keeping in trend with being the slightly better version. <laughs> oh. wasn't there, there was a stressy though there, wasn't there? Yeah. There was a stressy after Billy yeah. before the Perth race. So I was getting ready for the Hamburg Marathon right, in yeah. April of 2020 and then that was cancelled and then the yep. Olympics were postponed. So I ended up not running a marathon in 2020 yep. and then I got my um, femoral stressy in Feb of 2021 preparing for Osaka when I was yep. on the... That's right, yeah. Um, the the long and the short of it. Curse, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, ran mine later that year in Perth. Yeah. Yeah, but you know you can do it on less running. That's probably the main takeaway from the Perth mm. race is you don't need to put in the mileage to get the, the, the time result uh, that maybe some other girls do, and you've sort of proven that. So as you come back from uh, like postpartum, you you can't run as much, right, impact-related stuff, yeah. but you might be able to, to cross-train more? Yeah, that, that would be the approach I'd take, and that's what I was doing when I was preparing for Hamburg in 2020. So I'll need to prioritise strength work because obviously I did have those injuries, and I think a big part of that was just you feel time poor, and I was prioritising running, dropped the strength and conditioning, and, um, yeah, and had those injuries. So I'll be prioritising gym and doing a lot of what I did to prepare for Perth, blending cross-training and running. So either pre-fatigue myself with cross-training and then go and run or run and then top it up with some cross-training at the end. Yep. Did I say go around in a cross-country relay last week? Oh, it was only 2Ks. Well, still, yeah. take that. Yeah. So still like <laughs> dipping your toe into like the run, you're still keeping up, you don't work out still or that's all easy nah. job? No, nah, like today was um, actually it was a little bit faster than my normal jog. I think I just got a bit excited um, with the crowd, but it was still, you know, not a, a good minute or so off my normal race pace. <laughs> and what does it look like as a Commonwealth Games gold medalist? And I assume you probably come in like a thousandth position today. Like, do people come up and talk to you and like want photos and stuff? Why the race is going on? Do people recognise you? Like, what's it like? Because you're so used to being in front of <laughs> races to be back with the um, the general punters. Yeah, it was fun. There were a few people, um, like, in the race who said hello and, um, yeah, we ran selfies? together Selfies? People take selfies with Not, you? No one except for me had their phones and that was just in case something crazy happened and I went into labour or something <laughs> in the race. I thought I'd better take my phone. But, um, no, most people were out there having a crack. It was the, probably the spectators were, 
yeah, just getting around it and saying, all the best for you yeah. know, pregnancy. And yeah. It's <laughs> pretty cool, the running community, how they do it that. Is, that yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, no I more about than just your PBs, like, you know, your <laughs> life journey. And then your new sponsor, obviously, Lululemon. Um, haven't got a performance racing shoe yet, so are you, like, excited to try every other option of, like... Because you've always been ASICs and yeah. racing ASICs and stuff like that, but, like... Have you got, you know, four or five different pairs that you're going to try out come time when sessions come back on the program? I don't know what will be out at that Literally, point because yeah. um, I probably won't be doing sessions until the very end of the year or the new year. So it will be interesting to see. Um, I'm testing out the, the Lululemon yeah. um, shoe that will be released next year. And then in terms of race shoes, I think I, I already know one brand very well and um, so I could be comfortable comfortable and confident yeah. to slip that on and get into sessions the risk of trying new brands is that I've yeah I've been wearing one shoe for 10 years and um and it's worked for you <laughs> yeah uh, it is scary the thought of changing shoes I really don't know how different they feel like I haven't even pulled them on my foot to see what the fit's like I need to talk to the shoe gurus yeah we'll make an appointment <laughs> I'll give you a little discount put it on the treadmill <laughs> yeah get the iPad out yeah we'll do a little session because uh there's there's quite a few different feels out there, and um, the brand you're in, like as good as they are, they're uh, they're one of the firmer super shoes out there. By the time that you will be wearing them next year, there's going to be a lot of different stuff, like you said. So there's a new release sort of coming out yeah, at the end of this yeah, year. They're, yeah, uh, from a lot of brands, there yeah. will be. Yeah. And you've seen that already, don't you? Like when you go to that conference and you see what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have release dates for a lot of shoes. Already into the next Give us year. just one thing. We'll cut it for everyone else, but give us one thing for this crowd that's exciting you about next oh. year. Um, Alpha Phi 3, the New oh, Balance yeah. Super Comp Elite, the fourth version looks like it's going to be, to me, it looks like it's going to be the, the shoe that will take over. Oh, really? Um, Sockany have it an, an Endorphin Pro 4, which feels better than any other shoe except for that other New Balance that I've put on. So, not, like, I, we, we don't get samples from Nike, so we can't feel and touch and we just see images. So it's hard to judge that, um, so I can't really make comment. But the shoes that I have felt and played with, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see. Uh, I know they sometimes take photos or, like, someone's there counting the different brands they see out in a race like today. Yeah. The um, variety compared to other years, I think there would have been yeah. a lot more It's much more even playing field now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well... It, at the very pointy end, maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, but that comes down to sponsorships and contracts and, and who's paying the big money. But what I was shocked at today and happy about, like is fun, is the 28 or the 22K mark, I was watching the front athletes head back, but I was at the, it would have been 11K maybe? On the other side of the road, runners still heading down, so it was about the four hour, 30, five hour groups. And a lot of super shoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that and was you like that because you sell them. <laughs> or is it good for those people to be in those shoes? They're adopting new technology. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go. We're going to go weekly recaps. So thanks for that little bit of chat there, Jess. feel like we know what page you're on now. We'll go with some weekly recaps and then we'll get into all the news about Gold Coast Marathon. There may be some segments we, we ditch if we're uh, running over time. But Moose, you ran a half marathon. Well... Did you race the half marathon yesterday? Because two weeks ago I was on the show, you were telling me you would not get involved in the women's race, you would not be helping out Ali Pashley. And then I turn on the stream yesterday morning and I see you're right next to her. So tell me about your week leading in and tell me about what happened yesterday morning. 
Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned um, you raced a half marathon. Like you say that as if I raced or was in a race. Um, I watched a race and there was a race going on 10, meters, 10 minutes up the road. But I don't think at any point now if someone says, did you race today, that you can actually answer and say, yes, I raced. Like I ran in the event and perhaps I raced a few people around me, but I'm not racing. Really? I'm not racing. I didn't race, Ali. I, uh, we'll talk to I'll her talk, later. I'll talk about, yeah, yeah. Monday morning was um, just a jog around town. Uh, Tuesday, I mean, Monday Arvo, actually, we just chucked the bike seat back on um, Bree's e-bike. So we got a bit of a family run in. Uh, Bree rides the bike, Pierre in the back, and, and we run around town. I run and we go and visit, like, kangaroos and... Uh, nice. See the town. It is pretty cool. Create good memories doing that. Yeah, she loves it. And our town is small enough where you can be in the bush in five minutes. Um, and in the bush, you can see all kinds of cool stuff. And you can go to a park, people play for 10 minutes or so. I'll go run around the park, back in the bike, off we go. And it was pretty bad weather. So to get out of the house was a real bonus for everybody. Um, Tuesday, I... Uh, did a little sneaky workout. So this was um, this was the first day after our podcast when Christian gave me the idea to to put captions on to get my um, interactions or my my kudos <laughs> up. Um, so I'm not sure if anyone saw this photo of Christian back in his poker days, but it's one of the greatest you'll ever see. Uh, sitting on a table somewhere in Europe, I think it was. Uh, different different look to his, his running look. But I didn't actually get that many kudos, so I'm not sure he knows about the algorithm. I did six by three minutes. Two minutes was jogging. I did this around the caravan park, which is about a kilometre loop. Um, felt like I have the flu, and so I'm running, and I have a lot of, like, just stuff coming out of me, just real clogged up. Uh, it didn't really affect my legs or anything. They felt fine. I think I averaged maybe about 310s, 312s, which was probably faster than the, the uh, half marathon pace that I thought I would run. At this point, I'm still racing, racing or running as hard as I can in the, in the half. Uh, probably didn't need to go as fast as I did, but once you start that workout and you run a couple of reps too fast, it doesn't, it's, it's a hard, um, it's hard to be disciplined enough to go, no, I'm going to run the next four slower. I just, it, it doesn't work well in my head. It feels like it's a regression of the session, even though it would be better for you. <laughs> but that's where, you, that's where it would be good to have an in-person coach, to, to be out like a group like yours, um, Jess, Team Tempo. If someone was there to say, hey, these, are too, these two were too quick, next two are slower, and you have some accountability. But as solo athletes and um, with no accountability to anybody, we, we're just not as disciplined. That's why I was surprised to hear that Jakob Ingebrigtsen doesn't have a coach. Mm. And now he does it. <laughs> I guess, I think Henrik provides that, yeah. like, guidance factor. But they just seem really disciplined. And yeah. they seem to understand the concept of what they do so well and have so much faith in, in it. In their system. Yeah, that yeah. they just don't feel the need. I, I also think he gets ego, like, reinforcement every time he goes and wins races. Yeah. He just doesn't need it in training. <laughs> like... We don't win races. Well, you do, but we don't. And so <laughs> we need ego reinforcement in training. I've actually won two stall sashes. I'm not yeah. sure if I told you that over the years, but 
Not sure how many Jess has won, but You're I'm not even in the top 20 at AV oh. anymore. So we need shoes. Oh we need to win shoes days. <laughs> uh, I did a little double jog on um, Wednesday. Thursday we're up here, so I jogged actually from the. Um, I'm staying at the the Star, the the casino, and I went and met you down on the foreshore, so down at Broad Beach, and we ran north. Um, bit of a shakeout off the plane, I guess it was. Yeah, it was good to see you and Zaka rolling along. Zaka full kit, full tights, full long yeah. sleeve. Uh, it was about 20 degrees, so I'm not sure what was going on there. Don't think he's in the best shape. <laughs> You can always put some compression gear on and look a little bit fitter. <laughs> uh, what are we, next day, uh, again, I just, um, oh, we had the, uh, what did they call this? It was a good name for this. Get this correct. You would know this. This is a real buzzword. Um, it was the sound mind, the sound mind, sound body shakeout activation run or something. Um, down so to let the listeners know, you were up here with ASICs through the store? Yep, so yep. 30th anniversary of the Kayano, the, which is like their franchise sort of shoe. And they, yeah, head office loves Gold Coast Marathon. All the, um, all the, the, the big wigs come over for it most years. And, and they decided to put on a, an event, I guess, with um, Kayano's son, which is the head designer from... Oh, well, he was the designer of the Kayano. He doesn't do that anymore. He's a, a curator of the, the museum over there. Uh, and they also had the head of global running. Um, and they invited the running retail partners or some running retail partners up for a sort of a, a get-together. So there was, there was running store owners from different franchises or groups around the country. And so we all sort of had a bit of a group-type junket with activities. And... Um, one of the activities was the shakeout run. So they had all their, ASICs had their ambassadors and their athletes there, actually, Lisa, Izzy. Um, Leanne. Leanne was there, yeah. There were no male athletes there, which was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought... Do we have any... Ed Goddard, oh, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's an athlete. Uh, Ed, no way Ed's rocking up to that. <laughs> Ed would scare a few people off, I reckon. <laughs> Didn't you have to stop halfway through it and do the Macarena? No, yeah, so... That's like, what I got told. He would have loved that. Yeah, yeah he would have loved that, yeah. You didn't love that, though. No, I didn't love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the warm-up was the Nutbush, the Macarena, and um, there's some pretty awkward video footage out there. Like the, uh, I've been trying to find it all yeah, of you as well, but you're not, not in me. any of the photos. I'm, I saw what was happening early, and I found, I'm like, all right, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I was at the front of the group, and I made myself right to the back outside, out of sight, and uh, the poor, poor athletes up the front having to um, do that on their morning run. Like, it's just a bit cringe. But this is just, this is how you make content, I guess. Create uh, it, yep. Uh, and then race morning. So I was, I was sort of tossing up in my head after I was sick all week and uh, I just wasn't feeling great. Even on that shakeout run, I thought, oh, maybe there's something better I can do with this race opportunity. I've never really paced Ali in a, in a race before and... Uh, we, I did have a chat to you on air about the, like the moral kind of decision to do that and in, I don't like it when, when male pacemakers influence a female race. Uh, it just doesn't feel sit right with me. But when you, when you sort of looked at the situation that was playing out in the race, even before the start, you had um, Kyra D'Amato, she had a male pacemaker 
and then Leanne had her partner Aaron running with with him, and and then uh, the then there was the rest, I guess. So two Japanese girls, Izzy Bat Doyle, um, Camille, and we were running in a massive pack anyway. So a massive pack of guys. So like I don't see any real issue with that. It's not like you can influence a race for third that much. Um, so I, I thought, oh, well, if the race goes well, I'll still run reasonably fast. Um, and you know, I just don't really care about running 30 seconds faster on my own. or whether, And then I can, I can actually assist Ali or run with her for a little bit, see how the race is playing out. Um, and that's what I did. So the first sort of 5K, it felt hard enough anyway to me. Like I was running along thinking this is a pretty good group for me to be in anyway. The, the, the front was led by Michael Shelley and um, Steve Deneen, so they were sort of providing not official pacing. They were just trying to run that time, and they told people to get behind them if they wanted to run 70 minutes. And then uh, Leanne was always at the front of that group with Aaron. They were the sort of the more aggressive of the, the sort of lady male pacer couple, I guess. Um, and then it filtered through a few, few gents and back to Izzy, Camille, uh, the two Japanese and Ali, and, and that, pay, that pack went to about 10k. Leanne slowly pulled up. There was a distinct split around that time, and none of the other girls wanted to go with, with that pack. Uh, Kieran, who we run with, he actually, I watched him run up the road and thought, oh, Jump would on. have been nice to be with, with him then. But uh, it didn't really matter to me. I thought I'll st stick back and, and run with this pack. Uh, and it's actually enjoyable to run when you're not fully gassed. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just too comfortable in running now. Um, but I like to, to be comfortable. Did you throw out any lines to fire Ellie up? Oh, late. I told her to shut up. She was, <laughs> she was making all sorts of disgusting noises at the end. <laughs> like having some sort of panic attack. Like, like I don't know what was going on, but it was loud. Um, she can defend herself later perhaps um, <laughs> but yeah the, the, we, act, we went we turned the corner and then the group was still really big and I thought I'll just go to the front and we'll, we'll make sure it, it stays the pace stays on as we run back to, to the, the race start and the finish um, and that slowly dragged some people out we didn't get faster at all it's just the group got a little slower and there was just a, a slight break point where um, where Izzy who was probably the more aggressive um, behind Ali. She just, we got a metre, then it was two metres, then it was three metres, and it probably took 6K to get 20 metres gap. So it was a really sort of slow, gradual breakaway. Uh, and when you're that far out, like at 14K or so, when it was happening, it's a dangerous spot to do it because there's still 7K of running left. And if you make your move too early, you get yourself in a deficit and then you'll have four girls go past you in the last 2K. So it was, um, I didn't, like I wasn't advising anything out there. Ali was doing her own thing. I was just providing a spot for her to be if she wanted to be there. And she pulled away and then all of a sudden the cheering, you could, you could like the go Izzy's got a little further back, yeah. uh, which is kind of how you, you, you know that the move's been successful. And then, yeah, it was pretty much solo running. Um, Steve Neen. He'd blown up a little bit, so ran with us for a bit along the um, waterfront area. Uh, and then, 
Yeah, she ran into the finish. I stopped, let her go through for the glory. You could not have been wider. Like, <laughs> if you were any no wider, you were in photo. the first row of the yeah. crowd. Yeah. <laughs> could you see Leanne ahead and that you were gaining you on gain, her? Yeah. Uh, the first time we could see her, actually, Steve said he sort of dropped back. He's like, I think she's in some strife, and uh, but we couldn't see her. It was way too far. Yeah. And then as we got up onto um, where all the like the, the servo is on your right and then, oh, the Maccas, the Big Maccas, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the uh, club tents on the um, left. I saw her up ahead and she just didn't look right. Like it was close enough where she was a little proppy and, and, and seemed to be getting bigger a lot more quickly than she was before. And so it was still too far to, to do anything. Yeah. So it's almost a bit of like world cross country on that yeah. last bend going on. I'm like, oh, is like she going to make it here? Like it's, yeah. And she'd obviously, it's come out now that she was pretty sick, like the week leading in kind of thing. So, but she knows how to rinse herself. Yeah, yeah, mm. dangerously so. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's tough. Yeah, we, didn't, we were too far away to see any of that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, 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 that was 69. I think Ali ran 25. I was five seconds back or so. And I thought that was all right. I thought that was a pretty good time. Um, I, I, I could have I run faster. Jog, I think you titled it on your ass. Yeah, I don't know whether no people know if I'm taking the piss there or not. (laughs) I hope they did. That was very tongue-in-cheek because it wasn't a jog. Um, (laughs) And then I got out today for 8K and I was pretty banged up, actually. Sore quads, sore calves. Don't do a lot on asphalt, which I think uh, I need to change if I'm going to run a marathon. Good week, good week. It was all right, yeah. Yeah, right. take that. It's just good to be involved in events, isn't it? It's nice to be up here and see hear the like see the races and mm. a lot of people around town, people at the casino. Actually, one thing was funny getting down at four or get four thirty so down in the lobby of the casino, oh, and yeah. it's not a big casino, so the, like the lobby there's one entrance and you see all the crew coming out at the same time. The runners are starting to get ready to go, and there was like it's just a and we're on the Gold Coast as well. <laughs> It was quite a different, like, it was a good polarising sort of mix of people. There was a big fight, like, the security, oh, really? yeah, security guards were, like, having a fight with a group of men, like, right at the entrance where we were waiting. So we were sitting on the lobby just like <laughs> this, and all these guys coming out, like, high as a kite and drunk and, yeah, weird spot. <laughs> Jess, were you just jogging the whole way through the week? Do you got anything reported in a weekly recap, or are you happy if I go... Into oh, mine. Just because we're way over time already with Moose banging on <laughs> Elliptical and a few jogs and walks, so there's yeah, not much to report. Yeah. Well, I might just quickly whip through my week and I'm just going to talk about my workout that I did. So I did a workout. I usually do this race week of a marathon. I do like three or four K at marathon pace, which always feels way harder than marathon pace. And you get to the end of that and you're like, how the heck am I going to try and hold that for 42K in four days' time? And then I just did a couple of two-minute efforts at like 10K kind of vibe just to... Just to go a bit quicker, just to be like, okay, there's extra gears there and kind of sharpen up for the race. And then just a lot of jogging. As I said, Moose, we jogged together one day. Uh, we saw some locals from Machuca Moama that yelled out to us. Remember that? Yeah, we did. We did. That was Big good. fan of yeah. Mr. Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Can't pronounce my last name, so they go with the first name. Um, so then the race day was this morning. So I, 
I always wanted to come to the Gold Coast to do the marathon. I think it's an event I've been at like so many years and only, well, not only done the half, but done the half and done the 10K. And I coach a lot of people who do Gold Coast every year and I paced it with Croaks one year, but have actually never ran the full marathon up here because I've always been a bit scared of it. Like there's a lot of carnage at the Gold Coast, especially when it used to be a 7, like 15, 7.30 a.m. start, maybe a bit less now. Um, and I really wanted to get a marathon on the board after Valencia because I had like that just I was shattered after that race and it was on the other side of the world and no one was there other than Christian and Toby and like you're a long way from home and like it just I had yeah the marathon absolutely hurt me that day and I wanted to do a marathon where I walked away from it feeling like I still can potentially do these races going forward so that's why I entered I didn't have the perfect build-up so I know that like a PB was probably going to be out of the question and my one like key success criteria for today was Jess and I were talking about this the other day was I wanted to feel like I could still race from 35k onwards not have my race over and have to run four minute k's and and get destroyed by the marathon again so it's about when the headwind hit wasn't it yeah yeah about 36k yeah I was already in a bit of trouble after that today but it wasn't like bad trouble kind of thing so I went with Malcolm Hicks who's been an interview um, an Olympian He's ran 2.10, so he was pacing 69.30 through halfway. And I wanted to be at least with him up to 15K because that's where the headwind kind of on the way out was. And, um, yeah, sat at the very back of probably a pack of, like, 12, 14 kind of guys. It was a bit surgy. And really early I felt hot, like, 3 or 4K in. I was like, I'm sweating. I had, like, sweat dripping off my ears. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a terrible day. And it wasn't until about 8 or 9K that I actually felt relaxed and in a bit of a rhythm um, we did the turnaround at 15k and then we just went from running like 317, 318s to like 314, 310, 312 and I just got out of the back. I'm like, I'm intentionally dropping myself here because I know how that ends for me if I go with that move. So just on that though, because yeah. I saw you at 22k yep. and then at what point is the turnaround? That was 15. So I probably dropped off at 17. I probably stayed with it for 2k. And then I thought, I've got to get out of here. No, you weren't. So you were only... Yeah. So then they came back to me a bit. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. So, like, I, I probably split half, like, in nearly in the pack. Mm. By 21K, I got back on, and then they picked it. That was really, like, I'm not sure I haven't looked at my splits, but it felt like it was just that three or four-second variation, like the 312 back to a 316, back to a 318, back to a 310. Like, they were surging a bit too much. And it was a really weird feeling because I was dropping myself off this group of, like, 15 people... And then I was almost getting, like, the sympathy looks from the... <laughs> I reckon you gave me one, Jess. I'll get to that at about 31K. Oh, you gave, oh, you, you, you gave definitely me. gave me one as well, Moose. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to, like, explain. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm still feeling, feeling good. good. <laughs> Don't give me, like, a Moose. You were like, come on, get up there. Close that gap. But I was like, I mean, yeah, intentionally putting myself back because I didn't want to get caught up with that stuff. You didn't need to justify it I at know, the time. But, but you could have chatted about it later. I'm also the guy that when people yell, go Brady, I feel like I've got to thank you for saying my name and waving to me and stuff like this. Which So from about 20K onwards, I ran solo all the way through and just kind of picked guys off. So I think I was 40th at halfway. I finished 21st in the end and I did blow up. Like I probably lost a minute in the second half as well. So that kind of shows you what kind of carnage was there. Um, Went over the, the hump and then kind of ran a couple of 17-minute 5Ks when I was kind of running 1630s. But it was – I was in control. I, I was happy to kind of lose three or four seconds and not push the envelope to kind of get to that dangerous wall kind of zone. 
to ensure that I could still run strong over the last couple of Ks. I got in a sp Charlie's, Charlie Boyle caught me at 41K and this was after no one had caught me the whole way, not only caught people, and I had a real, like, check of the, like, I don't know, the ego. I'm like, nah, I, this isn't happening. Like, no one passes you in the last K and then we had this massive, like, sprint finish. I ran the last K in 310, which wasn't really a sprint finish, but it felt like a sprint finish. Um, and, yeah, finished 21st. I ran 220.37, I think it was. But it was, I've ran 220s a couple of times and this one was a lot more enjoyable and pleasant and I feel happy talking to people here about it, not like absolutely hating the marathon. I felt like I didn't hit a wall or anything, I just got tired and, and lost a few seconds and yeah, it was great to be a part of an event. There were so many listeners, if you yelled out to me today, thank you so much. I went through Surface Paradise and the group was like 30 seconds ahead of me and no one was behind me and it felt like the crowd was just there for me and it was just like, this is cool. Um, so yeah, it was good. That was my week. We got, wasn't super fast, but I think that same effort and execution today was probably better than my, like my PB is 40 seconds quicker than that. And I think on a, and that headwind hurt the last kind of five or six K. So you, all you definitely sound a lot happier than I thought you would sound running another 220. Yeah. Well, I think I'm proud that I don't have disasters. Like I've, I've, other than my debut, I haven't ran slower than 221. And I, but I've just landed in this 219, 220, 221 and got like, I think seven of them are in there now. So like I'm proud that I don't, yeah, have absolute shockers. But the, obviously the breakthrough didn't happen today. Maybe it's never going to happen. I still want to try to make it happen. I want to put myself, but I'm proud that I, because it was vulnerable for me today to let that group go and the safety of the group to go, you've got to try something different. Because I, I could have easily went with that group and then ran four minute Ks for the last and ran 2.23, and I would have been real pissed off. Well, the fact that you were running 17-minute Ks at the end may, means that it was a good decision yeah. to back off. Because if you went with that group, they were 18-minute Ks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. And it's good to come through the field as well, even though you're still going pretty slow. But anyway, that was my week. Um, don't know how many Ks it was, but it was a good week. Just rate it out of 10, your performance today. Uh, I rated – I did this before to someone, actually. I said 8, because I don't think I was that fit either. Like – I kind of said on the road to Gold Coast show, I thought if I run 219, it's a great day. 220 is probably where I'm at. 221, I'd be slightly disappointed with. So I thought I landed in the middle there. Jess, rate his run out of 10. <laughs> no pressure, sitting next to me. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say around the eight of mark. Of course you were. <laughs> based off, I didn't know, I didn't hear about your preparation. Yeah, so yeah. knowing, like, the context. Um, but I also think, you know... Thinking of, say, Liam's history and hitting a pretty consistent time and then had that big jump today. Like, yeah. I think that breakthrough is, is coming. It's just about experiencing more marathons and then you'll have that day where it all comes together and, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. And if it doesn't, I'm kind of okay with that as long as I kind of keep trying. Like, yeah, I could have easily not ran this one today because I don't rate the Gold Coast that highly for fast times. Mm. Um, so, yeah, How about after the day? you still rate it highly for fast times? No, no. And I think you look at the results, we'll talk about those in a second, but there's a lot of like 62-minute guys that haven't ran probably what they needed, well, capable of. I think the road camp is difficult. I think I think coming from Victoria, although it's probably 15 degrees today, I probably haven't done a workout in higher than 10 degrees for two months and I felt hot early. And yeah, to, I agree with that. Yeah. I wore long sleeves because I was freezing yesterday and I was roasting when I... Yeah, headed out mm. the door at 6.15. There's very much no groups. There was no group for me after, you know, 20K, yeah. so you do a lot of solo running, which can be a good thing. A message now from our podcast partner, Lululemon. 
We've been talking about and wearing Lululemon's latest Road to Trail running product collection. The new collection is part of Lululemon's Together in Stride campaign, celebrating togetherness in motion and championing a sense of community that is created when everyone collectively makes progress in their run journey for better well-being. This Road to Trail range brings Lululemon's signature design and technical innovation to runners of all paces and in all places, including lightweight and breathable fabrics with quick drying and four-way stretch. Try it out for yourself by visiting your nearest Lululemon store or online at lululemon.com.au. But anyway, let's move on. We've got a guest coming up now, ladies and gentlemen, and he's going to talk us through, we're going to ask him some questions, but he's also going to talk us through his Saturday morning because he was the pacemaker for an American record. He's the previous 10,000 metre Australian record holder. Another good friend of this show, Ben St. Lawrence. Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast. Yeah, sure. All good now? Yeah. Yes. Well Hi, done. everyone. Nice jacket, mate. What's that? Under Armour. Oh, Not yes, a sponsor. Okay. <laughs> they don't sponsor you? No. All right. Nice jacket, though. <laughs> All right. We've got some questions for you, but firstly, kudos on the, uh, the run yesterday. I watched the replay, and I reckon you're going to get some races reach out for your uh, pacing services. That was incredible, the way you just absolutely nailed it. Yeah, look... Um, that was a really good consolation for me. Originally, I was going to be racing the half marathon, but I think like half of Victoria and New South Wales, I got quite sick a few weeks ago. I was meant to race Launceston half, and then I really wanted to try to target a, a half marathon PB myself here, um, which is 62.51 from 2012. And it's the probably the half and the marathon are the only PBs I think I, I still have a shot at. So initially, I was yeah really doubtful that I'd be able to come up here and race well already had all the travel booked, my wife was racing, so we were definitely coming up and I knew Ryan was looking for some pacemakers for the marathon and when it looked like I definitely wasn't going to be able to run a, a solid half myself, I reached out to him and asked if he was still looking for pacemakers and I think Kira had just reached out to him saying that she wanted to target the US record of 66.52 um, and he asked if I, think I, if I thought I could run that and at the time I was like, yeah, no worries. So I agreed to it and then I just wasn't getting any better and I was like, oh no, I've agreed to this and I'm not going to be able to do it. But thankfully, the last five days leading up to race day, I, I finally turned a corner and did a little session up on the Sunshine Coast that showed me that I probably could run that 309, 310 pace. So I said yes, um, met Kira on Friday evening and she said, yeah, let's, like she had a pretty tough travel to get here, a lot of delays and I just said, look, do you want to go for it? She said, yeah, let's try and run 309 to 310 and um, I said, yeah. I've only ever paced one American record attempt and Galen Rupp got the record when I paced him at Prefontaine and so I said let's keep that 100% success rate going and just tried to fill her with as much confidence as I could even though in the back of my mind I wasn't 100% sure whether I, I could get her the whole way. Um, and then yeah, race morning, gun went and I started running down the road and I thought this could be 305 or this could be 325. Like, you know when, when you're doing some pacing like I hope I'm not stuffing this up completely and the watch beeped and it was a 312. I was like, okay, that's not too bad. And next one was about a 310. And we just tried to sort of settle into that rhythm. And she was behind me the whole way and um, absolutely flying. Like it, it is so fast for a, a woman to run that, that pace. And we did a little out and back. Um, and we weren't that far behind the lead men. And it was, it was quite phenomenal how fast we were going. But managed to tick off um, on, at 5K, we were pretty much on target. 
10K, we were a little bit off. Halfway, we were probably about 10, a projected time of about 10 seconds over the record. And so I sort of tried to encourage her to, we need to speed up a little bit and she wasn't quite going with me. There were a few gaps forming and I thought, oh, maybe it's not going to be her day. By 15K, we were sort of looking good again and then we really tried to stretch it out the last 5K and she was amazing and ended up getting 13 seconds under the record and, like, just so good for me to go from not being able to really achieve what I wanted to up here to being able to help her. Um, she was crying at the finish line. It was just really cool to be involved and, um, yeah, she broke the American record and, yeah. yeah. But I might have sealed... Uh, Sealed the deal. I might just be a pacemaker from now on. <laughs> well, Benny, how did she end up here? Do you know? Like, we've seen the American ASICS girls come out before, but she's a Nike athlete. Like, it's a long way to travel for a half marathon when they're so readily available in the States as well. Yeah, honestly, I've got no idea. I met her for the first time on Friday. Um, I think she probably just realised she was in good shape and, and, you know, found this race and decided to come and have a crack. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it's been in the pipeline for a while, but, yeah. She's probably seen Sarah Hall come here over the years and... Yeah, it's is. Could you were you close enough to hear whether her breathing was laboured and to sort of get a feel for how she was coping? Yeah, she she sort of. I think she had a, a rough patch from about twelve k to sixteen k, based on how heavy her feet were hitting the ground and and how she was breathing. But then, I don't know. Something must have happened yeah, over that final five k. Maybe she realised we still had a shot. Yeah. And she started letting out some the occasional grunt over the last three k, and like she went deep. So. She worked hard for it, that's for sure. Yeah. Big uh, American record bonus on the contract, I reckon, with Nike. How much does Benny Saint see of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10%. No. <laughs> no, look, it was... She, she asked for my address. She, she said she wants to send me a, a thank you gift, so we'll see. But, um, look, I, I would have done it regardless. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you going to look at a, like, Sunshine Coast half or something now to capitalise on your fitness? No, I think um, I'll... I'm going to do Sydney Marathon... Um, and then I'd like to try to get into Valencia Marathon. So I think now I just, I just want to get back into a good training rhythm, just make sure I'm 100%, 100% healthy again. Sunshine Coast potentially, um, or on that same day in Sydney we have the city to surf. Um, we've oh, got yeah. some of the, you know, the Athletics New South Wales cross-country races still to go, relays, um, the Sydney Harbour 10K. So, but for me, I think... I've been inspired by people like Sinead and Lisa and I'm in my 40s now and my best running's probably behind me but I see what some of the Australian women are doing, particularly in the marathon into their mid-40s and I haven't given up hopefully having some really good results in the future but I think that is going to be in, in the marathon if it's going to happen. So, yeah, maybe looking at Valencia and, and targeting a PB there. How much faster I can go, I'm not sure, but give it a crack. So Sydney Marathon will be... Uh dip your toes in a little bit rather than full gas? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's my local marathon. I've got a good relationship with the race director, Wayne Larden, and I've um, done some pacemaking there over the years. But, you know, as a club run crew and, and as a training group, we're really getting behind the, you know, attempt to become a marathon major and trying to boost the numbers and boost the atmosphere. So I'll get out there and, and run hard, but probably, yeah, using that to build towards a, a bigger PB, you know, attempt at Valencia, hopefully. Yeah, and I've got to give you a big kudos today for your uh, coaching job with John Dutton, who's been going around for a long time. Uh, he's always got the aspirations to run 220, and you've uh, you helped him there. And I, like, I was wondering what what might have changed with John, but like, love seeing him do well. Yeah, look, I think he's just one of the most consistent athletes I I have 
you know, that I'm able to coach and it hasn't been anything groundbreaking in terms of programming. It's just been really good consistency, probably good accountability, um, having a coach and, and we, we communicate really well. It's a, it's a correspondence coaching relationship, but he's been training really well now for a while and when we heard there was a 2.19 pacer, it was like, let's go for it. And, and he, he snuck under 2.20, so it was, yeah, a, a great day as a coach for, you know, we had John at 2.19 and then we had one of our athletes, Anne Boyd, she won the 75 to 79 marathon today in uh, 5.29. So as a, as a coach, it's like we, we love the, the John results, the 2.19s, but we, you guys know as coaches as well, you, you're just pumped to help people of all levels um, yeah, smash their, their goals. Benny Dadlife, Goldie. Congratulations. What, about six months now? She's six and a half months. Yeah, and, yeah. and we How's didn't name her after the marathon where I ran my PB, <laughs> I, I promise. Um, yeah, so she's six and a half months. Um, she's up here with us. My wife raced the 10K today. Um, she finished fifth in the 10K. So, yeah, our lives have changed like all new parents, but um, things are going well. I think we got a pretty good baby and we're lucky and, yeah. Any more questions for Ben St. Lawrence before we let him go? I've got one, but it can be the final one. Let's make it the final one. What book are you reading at the moment, Benny? Man, you share book recommendations all the time. What's on the bedside table? You're a high intellectual person, so I'm hoping the answer represents that. Yeah, that's a very good question. It's, um, I actually don't know the name of it because it, was, it's, it came from a discount store and the cover's been ripped off it, but it's, a, it's called The Adventurer's Son. It's by Roman Dial, who's like an adventurer, and it, it's a story about his son who um, wandered off into a rainforest in Costa Rica and never returned and so I'm only just, it's a true story, an autobiography and I'm only just getting started so if it's good I'll, um, I'll let you know the title of it and, and sorry, the, some more details about it and you can share it with the listeners. But it's going to be one of the most blue collar things I've ever heard Moose, reads books without covers. A dad life, he owns a place in the Blue Mountains mate. <laughs> You know, you can get books from Vinnie's. They're yeah, a yeah. lot cheaper. Brotherhood Books is a great one as well. They send them to your house, second-hand yeah. books. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right, Ben, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for joining the Inside Running Podcast again. We appreciate that, that insight into what it's like pacing an American record. And you've always been so generous with your time over the years for the podcast. So appreciate that you could make it here today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, cheers. Ben St. Lawrence, ladies and gents. We're going to quickly whip through some results. So other th- we'll, go, we'll go the uh, half marathon we've already kind of spoken about. Moose, you were there. Do you want to quickly just read through all the results, including the men's stuff, which we kind of haven't spoken about yet? Yeah, we didn't speak about the men's, but we saw. I got a bit of a glimpse of it. There's a few out and backs on the course where you can see uh, the, the men's leaders going past. And uh, the, the last I saw was probably about 14K or so maybe when um, Brett was sitting in behind a Japanese runner. Kaijiro Moji, Brett Robinson, uh, that is, and he looked like he was getting a pretty good seat. He looked like he was comfortable, and I watched the uh, the replay of the feed, and yeah, he he's so professional, Brett, in how he wins races. It's he's tactically brilliant. He has um, a lot of experience, and he makes sure that he gets the job done each time. He he's here for a purpose to win the race. I think they realised that it wasn't going to be super fast or race record pace, um, so he went into to, to race win mode. So he ran 62.16. Moji, not far behind, 62.20. And a new kind of runner that we haven't really heard of too much, Cameron Avery from New Zealand, was third in 62.50. And he hung around for a fair while. So his previous PB was 65 minutes. Um, so big jump for, uh, for Cameron Avery. 
and went with it too, like gutsy to go with that pace. I'm just trying to think, when would have Brett last been beaten on Australian roads? Oh, on a road. Uh, Maybe Jack got him sometime. Would have been a long time. Knows how to win races on the road in Australia. Put it that way. Yep. Um, in the ladies, as we uh, sort of chatted about, no one was beating Kyra D'Amato, De, De who ran 66. That's not how you pronounce her name. I know last week you were like, I'm just going with it. But we just heard from Benny, who was pacing over 21Ks, and he's getting a gift sent to him I from her. I think it's up for discussion. <laughs> I think... You're the only one that goes with it. <laughs> the EI is Kira, I think. Mm, debate. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Um, she ran 66.39 for a course record and American record, so she'll go home with a suitcase of cash. Leanne Pompiani was second, uh, 69.07. She ran a two-minute 40 PB, and again, stamping herself as like the, the top Australian lady on the road. Uh, she... She, does, she did seem like at the end maybe a little proppy. Um, we talked about that. Hopefully, if it's an injury thing, she can get on top of that. And then Ali was, was uh, what was that, 18 seconds behind, um, 69.25, and she was 10 seconds off, off her PB. So uh, she, she's coming good at the right time. 10K Jess, and you don't have to read out all the notes here because some people have put stuff in here, which is, could I'll be controversial. I'll let decide yeah, whether that gets read out. So Dale Carroll won in 29.29, Toby Gillen in second, 29.35, and then Liam Cashin, 29.40. And then in the women, we had Lisa Waitman, 32.09. She broke her own course record from 2012, I think, in 30, which was 32.17. Had Sinead Noonan, 33.29. She's in here somewhere, Sinead. Congratulations. And Hannah Anderson in 33.46. Yeah, this is, a, this is always a pretty competitive road race. Um, and it does kind of play second fiddle to the bigger races of the weekend. It, it would be set up best, I think, as a bit of a development type race to introduce sort of younger athletes to the road race scene, um, prepare them for, for the environment of the bigger road races. Like it would almost be, like it would be great to sort of set this up, maybe like an under 23 type race where, uh, where you've got the best juniors coming through and you could ha almost have like a national championships, like a Zatapec or like the, the, the under 20 races at the 3K on the track. It would be cool to have a road race and maybe under 23 10K champs on the, um, on the road. What, and you can't enter if you're an elite athlete unless you're over, under 23. Well, I think you promote it and you, okay. you build the hype around this like a, as a development race. Okay, uh, interesting. And then what that will do is it will get, perhaps it will strengthen the fields of the half um, with the... The better quality athletes that do the ten, like running the half instead, it just sort of fill or like it dilutes it a little. Okay, men's marathon moose. We've seen them go on course, fast times. Yeah, woke up, woke up early and put the feet on, and then saw them uh, about 22k mark. Naoki Koyama uh, from Japan. He he made a break. Oh, I'm going to say it was about like the 34k mark. Um, he was running in a pack with Ezekiel Kemboy Omulo, Liam Adams, and um, there was a, a fourth African and a, another Japanese. And so they were, Matt Baxter was in that pack from New Zealand as well uh, for a decent amount of time. But when I started, when it's, the race really started to heat up, and it was when Andy Buchanan left at the halfway point. So he took them through in 63.42, which was, I think, a, slightly ahead of pace. Uh, a little bit quicker than they, they 
wanted, but everyone looked really comfortable. And, and then Liam, he, he got onto the front of that pack and he started to be really aggressive with, with making sure the pace stayed on. And he was driving it all the way back up to Southport, uh, which was a tailwind. Um, but the, the guys around him were two seven guys, two eight guys. And so it sort of took a bit of guts, which we, we know Liam yeah. has lots Wouldn't of. Expect any um, to to take the, the alpha position in the group and go, this is what's going to happen here. Uh, and he looked so good. When he went past me at 22, I was like, oh, wow. Normally Liam shows a lot of signs of pain on his face early, whereas he looked really comfortable and I thought he could be on one today. Uh, and he, he was. So Koyama actually did end up breaking the, the group open a little and ran 207.40 for a course record by 10 seconds. Um, second was Amulo in 208.26. And then Liam Adams becomes the... Seventh Australian to go under 210, uh, which puts him into the, the, the upper echelon or godlike status. Yeah, fifth all time as well. Fifth all time Australian. Uh, he ran 208.39. That was a two minute nine PB for him. Uh, he's always threatened the mark, he's always sort of gone in on those paces, and he's never really pulled one off like he has today. Uh, so uh, Jess, what were you thinking as you were you were watching the stream? Yeah, I mean, he had an interesting lead-up. I was chatting to him the other day. He came from Flagstaff, so he had a bit of a training camp up there and he really wanted to race three days after coming down from altitude. So he cut his travel pretty fine and had the usual dramas with flight delays and a possible cancellation even. Um, so I think it was quite a mm. journey to get here and... I just love the way he goes for it. I mean, you know when you see Liam race, he races with heart and he's going to grit it out to the finish. So he's obviously had a good training block and if he was looking really comfortable at 22k, I mean, it's a, a great sign for him and it was inspirational. I mean, as we were saying, those breakthroughs, you can sort of hit that same mark for a period of time and then obviously it's all just come together for him today. And Yeah. So this is the Olympic standard, yeah. though. That's 2.08.10. But Crokes reckons this will potentially be enough for him to be well, in ranking points with the Oceania Championship yeah, attached to today. That's right. That, that will be a lot of points today. Winning the Oceanias plus the time of 2.08, like the points. And third position overall, does that count? I don't think so. I think okay. the Oceania points counts okay. for more. Yep. Like, that will take the... Um, that will get the most amount of points there. But, yeah, that puts him in a great position. He probably needs a backup. Um, like this points thing runs off two results, not one. So he'll probably need a backup half marathon, strong half marathon, or or perhaps he'll run again later this year in a in a marathon to to sort of secure that 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 ranking. Going to Berlin, we did ask him to be here today. He's not going to be here for this bit, but he'll be having a beer at the um, post race drinks afterwards. A uh, post race post podcast. Mate, Sometimes hey, it is like a race. It's called Connect and Celebrate. Connecting and Celebrating with Liam Adams afterwards. You, sh you guys have to get that right. Um, some questions for you here. I think Croaks has written this here for me to ask you. Um, it's a really great achievement for his career because at the, well, the last couple of performances we saw from him, didn't make the World Cross Country team, had a pretty ordinary race down at, I reckon it was, was it Launceston? No, Run the Bridge, I think it was, um, where he was eighth. Third at run for the kids, and now bangs out a 208. That's good. Yeah. It's breakthrough. Well, he does disappear. Like, you don't see socials from him, really. You don't see him making reels, running with his phone. There's no training groups 
He's not part of like a cool Melbourne group that um, document what they do every week. So he, he kind of disappears a little bit and you see him pop up at races. And, and yeah, he hasn't had the best results over the past however long, but um, clearly he's not... Well, he, he's not working if he's in Flagstaff. So he's sort of getting maybe a little bit of that, that more... The recovery. Uh, pref- yeah, the recovery, <laughs> yeah. exactly, and the altitude and, and the, the lack of stress with, that comes with working. So professional runner life is, is like there's a reason people do it and that's to perform better and, and that's what's happened. Yeah. Other notable results here, my Road to Gold Coast podcast boys, Ed Goddard was 8th in 2.12.52, which is a PB for him and first time under 2.13. And Tim Vincent was 14th in 2.17.17 on debut. If you're a Patreon supporter, we'll talk to those boys. They'll also be connecting and celebrating with us after this upstairs. Um, So we'll hear more about that from those guys midweek. The Women's Marathon, Jess. Yeah, so um, Rhoda Tanui from Kenya won in 2.27.10. Um, so she won back in 2019 and, uh, yeah, she's sort of it, looking back through her results. She's run quite a few marathons in that 2.27 to 2.30 kind of range. So I think she would have been pretty happy with today. Ruth Chebatok from Kenya, second in 2.28.17. She actually won the race back in 2018 when, when I raced as well. And she ran a 2.24.49 that day, which was the course record at the time until it was beaten by Lindsay Flanagan last year um, and then we had Jen Gregson on debut um, she came third in 228.33 so she was very even um, 74.19 and then 74.14 and Izzy Bat Doyle's debut in last year's Melbourne Marathon was 228.10 so she was only um, 23 seconds slower than that record and uh, yeah she just she had a great pack today and um, I saw them at 31 and uh, you could just see um, Elsie was a bit ahead and, and Jen and probably 10-plus guys were just rolling and you could see they had this um, momentum. And I spoke to Jen yesterday. She was hoping to break 2.30. I think they were going to go out at 2.29.30ish or 2.29 pace and, and they've obviously just, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> well, we eating our predictions a little bit on last week's show. I, I think I predicted 2.34. You and Bradley are. I'm not because I wasn't there to make a prediction, yeah. so don't throw me Privately, I reckon you wrote her off, though. I didn't. I'm a um, big fan. No, you know, I was a big fan after yesterday talking to Jess, and Jess is like, she's built for the road. She's got that kind of like, sh- not shuffle, because she's obviously flying, but she hasn't got the high, you know, track knee yeah. lift bounce. Like, she can grind on the roads. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it makes sense now that she's run this. Um, it's Jess easy. picked it 24 hours ago. You guys didn't did document it. that, did you? You told your wife that, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I was... I, I mean, that's very impressive. She had the confidence, like, doing the interviews beforehand over the past few months, she was very confident she can get it done. And that's dangerous with the marathon. The marathon tends to bite you back when you, when you don't respect it. And... She, uh, she clearly respected it because she's run perfectly even splits. Uh, and that was a hard thing to do today, especially with that, that last 7K coming back into the wind. And, yeah, like, kudos. She looked fantastic at the kudos. turnaround when I saw her coming back in post-35K. She and looked, yeah, amazing. I think they would have had that enjoyment of um, pipping people off along the way, being that yeah. even. There would have been a lot of people slowing down, and that's so helpful in a marathon when you can just keep picking targets. Yeah. The positive reinforcement cycle, I love it. It's, <laughs> it works. Does she make the team for Tokyo, though, Moose? 
well documented in that little wide world of sport um, little documentary thing I saw last week that that's where the attention is going so competitive I don't think she makes it off this run um, she's going to no, have no, I to I didn't mean that like yeah in the next next six months I can uh, see two or three minutes come well, off that every time it's a difficult question to answer I, I think she she's shown that she can make it now whereas last week I would have thought I would have given her very little chance of making it whereas now I'm giving her a much higher chance of making it. The beauty of getting one on the board is she can actually get into international marathons now. That's mm. one of the hardest things early on when you're making your debut. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and she, she's got another block under her belt and having that, that block of training under your belt, the experience of, of training for a marathon and knowing how you'll do things better different as well as just having the, the training in the bank it, it sets her up to springboard her into the second one. And she's not just running her first marathon or recovering from having a baby. She's recovering from a couple of Achilles mm. operations too. Like, so, yeah, to do that off, um, you know, she's had a very interrupted couple yeah. of years. Do you want to talk any more about Eloise Wellings, fourth in 2.31.38? I think she went with that early pace. Has, hasn't hit... The debut was still her fastest one? Or Saka? Nah. It wasn't a uh, debut. It was Nagoya, Nagoya. in 2022 to 25.11. Yeah, okay. She's run a lot since then too. Yeah. She's, she's run a few marathons. Um, it is difficult to run a marathon, recover, rebuild, do some specific stuff, taper, marathon, recover. Like it, do you think we're seeing a bit of that that hasn't been pulled off? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I do. I, there's a reason that people traditionally have run two marathons a year, three as a sort of a, a maximum, um, and it, it's the body needing that respect um, recovery-wise. We're going to the Luzanne Diamond League. Quickly whip through these ones. Um, we had Kat Bissett there. She was fourth in 158.95 and another strong finish from her. The race was won by Mary Mora from, I think, Kenya in 157.4, and she was tactically very good, according to Croaks. 5K, we had Cal Davies pace that. I don't know if we need to read out pace and stuff here. You know why we're reading it? Because Croaks loves pacing. Yeah. Um, we had an Australian pacer race of 2.2K. But then Aragawi took off and he took up the running. They went 7.41 through 3K. Cheptegai was the only guy left with a lap to go. Aragawi got away down the back straight. Cheptegai looked like he might get him with 150 metres to go. But Aragawi kicked again down the home straight. K splits were 234, 235, 232, 232, 237, 327 last mile, which is amazing. Uh, Kai Robinson was there, 10th in a new PB of 1320. Knowing anything about Kai, I reckon he would hate not being competitive because he seems like a competitive beast that wants to be in front packs and wouldn't like being 40 seconds behind, even though those guys are absolutely fine. But probably needs to get in a race that's going to be won in 1305 and be competitive. Not a uh, twelve forty, but good to see him in a diamond league. Fifteen hundred, they went one fifty one through the first eight hundred, so they weren't mucking around. Uh, your mate Moose Yakabinga Britson got the win there in three twenty eight point seven. Doesn't get beaten. Doesn't doesn't. Germa, the steeplechaser, was second in three twenty nine point five, an Ethiopian national record. Josh Kerr, previous interview. Jess was telling me how much she enjoyed that yesterday. Actually, Moose three twenty nine point six. And Stewie is back. This is good. 332.8. He was seventh, but a good step in the right direction for Stewie after some um, results that weren't going in his favour recently. And the other bit of international news before we get to Moose on the Loose and then wrap up the show after another mini-interview. 
saw that quick turn of the head. Um, Cam Myers, he ran an under-18 and under-20 national 1,500-metre record in 3.35.8 overnight. So it just keeps getting faster. Absolutely incredible. And has signed with Nike. Did you see that? Yeah, I think we talked about that on the last Okay, show. yeah, you did. You didn't Sorry. listen. I did Sorry. listen. I enjoyed it. I love Christian. Uh, Moose on the loose, what do you got for us? Oh, yeah, well, I'll make it a bit quicker. Um, but this one here, I just, just saw it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, so Olympic Day, I'd never heard of that before this year. Um, but it, there is a thing out there called Olympic Day and it commemorates the founding of the International Olympic Committee. Uh, so I'm not sure why, the, why we're seeing so much celebration on, um, on Instagram about that. Uh, what are we celebrating, Jess? You're an Olympian. You celebrated it pretty hard. I think it's like a birthday. <laughs> I did put some stories on it. That's why I'm cringing. <laughs> no, so we had a few events in Adelaide about it. So there was one that sort of kick-started the campaign for the 2024 Paris Olympics. And I think we're just celebrating the Olympic spirit and what the whole movement's about. But you're no, but right. That's, it's, it's, that's yeah. what the Olympics do. Yeah, we it, have yeah, the Olympics they come every four years. This comes every year. <laughs> oh, so a little bit more me time for the Olympics. <laughs> it is a long time between focus on, like, especially running. Did you see that fake Olympics on Twitter during oh, the week? Oh, yeah, the doping Olympics. Yeah, you're just allowed dope and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually a new avenue for for us, I think. As in, I didn't see that. What is it? Yeah, there was this, like, a real cringe, like, promo video, but it was, like, this guy with the over... They didn't show his face, but he was saying he's actually quicker than Usain Bolt and the Olympics hate him because he takes banned substance and Uh, come watch us compete at these games and we'll show you, like, (laughs) amazing performances. But then they've got him, like, in block starts and all these, like, sprinters are, like, taking the piss out of it, just being like, this guy is definitely not quicker than Usain Bolt if he's starting races like that. So, yeah, I did say that on Twitter during the week. thought you might have been interested in that, Moose. That's all? Nothing else from Moose and the Loose? Did you buy anything? Purchase of the week? Mm, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm tied down for a while now. Okay. Bit, yeah. Okay. Jess, got anything you want to tee off on? We can cut it <laughs> if we have to. Put you on the spot. Nah, I, I'm all right. Could you imagine her teeing off on <laughs> <laughs> The nicest person in Australia teeing off on someone. Uh, we will welcome our very last guest. We've got about 10 minutes to go. So this is our last little segment before we get to just what's coming up and just we'll talk about who's doing some stuff in some Diamond Leagues between now and next week's episode. Ali Pashley, very, very good friend of the show. Been on so many bonus Patreon episodes over the years. Coached by Moose. She's probably the most talked about person that actually isn't permanently on the show. Uh, third yesterday at the half marathon. So can we give a massive round of applause to Ali Pashley, please? <laughs> Come and defend yourself about those noises in the final three Ks. <laughs> Before that, I've got that? a few uh, Ellie on the looses actually. <laughs> Good, we'll ask you this. Before that, one, that? Of, one of them about punctuality. Because you weren't meant to <laughs> be here. Why is Jets Ellie here? check-in times. Ellie, <laughs> yeah, they've changed them. You oh, have they to changed. Be there it. earlier than you used to, apparently. So Ali's meant to be on a plane back to Melbourne, but she missed her flight. Her flight wasn't cancelled or anything like that. Like a lot of people's flights have been over the last couple of days. You actually just missed yours because you were running late. Yeah, um, I forgot to look at what time our flight left, and I told Joe this morning. I think it's one forty, um, and I also told him the airport was half an hour away, which he should have known that I'm a extreme underestimator of how long it takes to get places. Uh, so we got there at 12.20. I got to the check-in desk at 12.25 and the flight was actually at 1 o'clock. And 
check-in closes 40 minutes before. Um, so I was there 35 minutes before. Did you tell me you were an Olympian? Yeah, I tried to play the baby card. Like I had Tiggy on my chest and I was like, oh, the baby made us late. <laughs> Olympians don't fly. And they're like, we can't do anything about it. You're too late. Your bags can't get on, so... Yeah. It's a, like, I, I did send you a message saying it's, it's actually great to see consequence to your um, lack of punctuality for one. Because <laughs> normally it's just me sitting there waiting or me getting anxious and stressed about being late for something. So this might teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Ali, congratulations on the race yesterday. Like a good step in the right direction post-London. Like I'm sure a result that was solid and back in the marathon game but probably wasn't what you were aiming for. But yesterday... You, you know, you're back. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Yeah, I, I actually said to Jules last week, I feel like I've, I haven't had a good race for a while and London I was pretty disappointed with. I, I sort of felt like I was in better shape than what I ran and same with Launceston, I was a little bit disappointed with my time there. So um, I really wanted to have a crack at trying to get back under 70 yesterday and, yeah, we, we were really lucky. We had a, an awesome pack, perfect conditions, uh, personal pacemaker. Um, so yeah, it was it was really fun to be back out there racing and running under seventy minutes again. On a serious note, did you enjoy having Moose there in that capacity? Like, could it could get annoying as well? Yeah, we've and never actually in run in a race Moose. together before. We fight a lot in training when he <laughs> does that. Um, so at one point, I was starting to get a little bit angry with him. <laughs> I think he was telling me to hurry up or something in the last three days, but. Yeah, I no, it was actually it was really helpful. Just yeah, I think just ha knowing that he was there and like it, I, I could tell that you were conscious of not um, getting in anybody's way and not influencing the race, like you said earlier. And like often Jules was sort of sitting off to the side, but I could also tell that he was looking at the other girls and trying to sort of see how everyone was feeling and gauge what was happening in the race. And then yeah, when I sort of um, I guess made the moves that I wanted to to do, yeah, he sort of came with me and, um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. And did anything give you an indication in training leading in? Like, was there any workouts you're like, okay, I'm ready for this kind of performance? Yeah, I sort of, I feel like my training has been, um, I mean, it's been different. The type of training I've been doing has been different. I haven't done anything on the track at all since I had Tiggy. But I feel like my thresholds and and those sort of sessions are actually quite similar to when I was fit, like sort of 2019. So I felt like I could run that time. I, I thought that I was capable of that, but I just hadn't really been showing that in races. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do feel like I'm, I'm back there now. I might still need a little bit more time to get marathon fit, but, yeah. Did you see a jump in your training off the back of London, like having absorbed that race and then you could take things to another level? Yeah, I think so. It, it always takes me a while to feel good after a marathon. And London, I, w I didn't pull up sore from London and I actually felt like training, I got back into it fairly quickly and possibly recovered a little quicker than I normally do. Um, but, yeah, it's probably not been until the last couple of weeks that I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm fully recovered and, and fit again. And, yeah, I think that marathon block was good. I got some mileage in my legs and... Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it just—it's so hard to like when you've. Now that I've been running for so many years, it's it's hard to get those big jumps in fitness. Um, I feel like a lot of work goes into a small improvement, but 
Yeah, I'm hoping that if I can get another sort of consistent six months or so together that I can, yeah, get maybe get a little fitter than I've been before. We've, we see breakthroughs though, like Sinead running to 21, uh, Liam running to eight, Brett running to seven. It, it happens. Um, it, it, it happens and it might take five marathons to get there, like for those guys, or even more. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like the marathon is where I, I have a few minutes that I can take off and I, I know how hard it is for everything to come together in a marathon but yeah I feel like um, you know if I just keep plugging away then maybe one day that'll happen. Have you guys mapped out between like now and potentially qualifying for Paris like is there the, is the next one locked in yet or is it just emails going back and forth and trying to because you'll get two maybe two opportunities to go again? Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to try and do two. Um, I think I'll need to do two as well because I think there's going to be five or six of us fighting for that third spot up until the very last, like the end of the qualifying period, including Jess, um, you know, Jen, Eloise, Leanne, if she decides to do a marathon, Izzy, like there's... And there could be more as well. Um, so I'm hoping to do Valencia in December and that's been emails back and forth but not confirmed yet. Uh, and then, yeah, possibly we'll look at one in sort of March, April next year. Yeah, that, we'll have to work that out later. But, I mean, yeah, Valencia is going to be the main goal um, for the rest of this year. Does that half marathon result contribute towards points for the marathon, like the Olympic selection? Yeah, I think the half marathons do, yeah. yeah. That was Oceana Champs as well yesterday for you guys. So oh, that would be extra. It? I think it's the half's always, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, if you were second, it won't give you the points that Leanne would get for first. I think, you know, you still get points for uh, Yeah, can, places. I think it, it, just not the same amount of points. Oh, yeah. Like this, not like, the same amount of um, double up or whatever they... Yeah, Oceania like. points are, like, crazy yeah. good. So it it's almost unfair. Like, our region, you know, our area is Oceania and then Europe is an area, yeah. North America, uh, or even... Is it all of the Americas or... Yeah, I can't remember. But, um, yeah, it's very valuable. So that's good to know that that was... Between now and Valencia, potentially, like, we're going to see you still go around in the cross-country races. That's been great to see someone of your ability, you know, just yeah. with a common man and woman out there. Oh, yeah, I love the cross-country races. Um, yeah, I'm planning on doing the rest of the season if I can. Uh, I think they've actually really helped with my fitness. It's just that higher level intensity that you can't get from training and like as you know you have to be a little careful with it because you can overdo it but I'll definitely be yeah using the rest of cross-country season to try and get a bit of a fitness boost and then um, I'll look at doing some more road races as well we haven't really made much of a plan but um yeah I'm keen to keen to keep you know racing as much as I can for the next few months well one thing that we did change you mentioned it you don't really do speed work track work we don't do a lot of the VO2 stuff that we used to, um, that allows for you to race more, I think, uh, and, and to race more regularly, like in cross-country season. So that's where you, you do get an opportunity to, to find the, the fifth gear mm. that um, some people find in training too often. Um, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I feel like that works better for me as well as far as getting fit goes racing as opposed to, yeah... 400 metre reps. And you get the glory. <laughs> yeah, and I'm crap at 400 metre reps, <laughs> so they never give me much confidence. Any more questions for Jess? Ah, uh, for Jess, have you got any more questions? She had a version of Jess. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is I know it's confusing. Very yeah. untrue. 
You've smashed my half marathon PB. <laughs> No, I was pretty... Like, you said I was only a bit... The bit shitter version of Jess, so I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> well, Al, when do you fly home? Uh, tomorrow. Oh, OK. Yeah. So we're going to leave very early to get to the airport <laughs> tomorrow. Thanks for being with us, Ali. Stay in that seat because we're wrapping up the show. What's coming up between now and next week, we've got uh, Diamond League at Stockholm, Jess Hulls in the 5K, so probably expect an Australian record there. Lyndon Hall and George Griffith in the 1500. Stewie and Jack in the 3K, but it's not a Diamond League event. Moose, what do you got coming up in your life between now and next week? Sandown Relays. Ooh, yeah. You going? No. no. Not a week after, five, six days yeah, after a marathon. allow that. Definitely not. Um, Jess, what do you got coming up between now and next week? Or whenever we talk to you next? <laughs> I'm flying home tonight if it doesn't get cancelled. And I've got that gestational diabetes test, which pregnant women would relate to. You have to <laughs> smash a whole, like, a sugary... It's like a lemonade and have blood tests. And, and yeah, <laughs> training-wise, I'm not sure. I think I'll start to wind down over the next couple of weeks. I think my last run with Billy was at about 30 weeks. So just... Do a bit of cross-training. Good luck with it all. Yeah, right? yeah thank it's you. exciting time. <laughs> and, Ali, anything exciting in your life happening between now and next time we talk to you? Uh, yeah, Sandown Relays for me too. Am I allowed to do Sandown Relays? Sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the bats are going to be a bit weaker next uh, Sunday. No, bats are strong. Andy Buchanan no, pulled Andy's out 21k. Out. Was he out? Yeah, he told me this morning oh. he's not running. Oh, Maybe you are doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Ladies and gents, thank you so much for being here today. It's been an absolute pleasure to present an episode live in front of you guys. We love the support and it's, it blows us away. We're just talking during the week privately with Moose and Croaks like how the podcast has continued to grow over the years and, and the podcast only happens because people listen to it and you're the people that listen to us and support us on Patreon or download the show or give us a review and rock up to these kind of live events. So it literally would not happen without you guys in the audience here today. There's no way we'd be up to episode 296 if it wasn't for our amazing listeners. Thank you for giving up some of your Sunday afternoon, especially if you ran this morning and you have a partner or kids that you had to leave for six hours to run a marathon this morning or four hours or five hours or how many, and then you talk them into going to listen to people talk about running for another hour and a half. So massive uh, thank you for you guys for getting here. That's it. We can stop the recording. We can go on level two, Lululemon. Um, it's the, the clubhouse, it's called, Jess. There's a good yeah, setup up it's there. It's a great setup. It's an amazing setup. Even if you don't want to stick around for something to eat or drink, you should just have a look at the decor up there. It's really good. There's a bar, <laughs> there's food, there's drinks. Um, I think they got those like compression pants and stuff. Not sure if they're still up there. Yeah. They, they did have their mounts, so... Maybe not a good mix with beer, those things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, level two, just take the elevator up, follow the signs, and, yeah, a massive thanks for being here. We'll do it all again next week, Moose. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Today's episode of Inside Running was proudly brought to you by Lululemon. The all-new Lululemon Road to Trail collection is now available in-store and online at lululemon.com.au.